Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. And for those that don't know, or if we've got any new listeners out there, which we might well have, each episode we take a topic that we know very little or even nothing about and we give ourselves a week to just read and research all about it. The idea being that we then share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, our listeners. Exactly. And just so everybody knows, Liam and I, we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Yeah, exactly. So let's get on with this week's topic, which I'm sure some of my friends would say I am a bit of an expert on, uh, but turns out I was not. This week's topic is all about clowns. All right, Ollie. Clowns is this week's topic. What did you know about clowns before we started? <laughs> um, not too much, as normal. I was quite interested to to learn a little bit more about why people are scared of clowns. Like loads of people like clowns, but I was yeah. quite interested in figuring out that I, I know there are some people who are really scared of them. So I'm I'm not personally scared of them, but I was quite interested to figure out why people are and just where they came from, really. I I didn't really know too much about them. How about yourself? No, I, what, what does anybody know about clowns? They've got white faces and red noses. And uh, I, I'm not scared of them, but I can certainly see why people think they're creepy. And uh, we'll yeah. get onto it later. Don't you think it's the... Re- like? Even when their mouth is closed, they're still smiling. And that's a bit <laughs> creepy, isn't it? It's like, what is this guy or girl? What, what are they thinking? Because you can't quite tell. And I think that creeps me out a little bit. Um, you know, I, I know my kids don't really like clowns. I've been at a couple of birthday parties, you know, kids parties with a clown. Ah, okay. And particularly the really made up ones. Yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. Does, it does freak it. Well, like when they're, when they're doing stupid things and they're juggling or falling over and things like that, obviously the, the kids can see that's quite funny. But but when they're not, and you sort of see them at the end, and they're like, "Hello, what's your name?" Hello, yes. They, they suddenly yeah. really don't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And surely, um, surely, but, I think everybody listening will know what we're talking about in terms of a clown. So it's a person that, as Liam was saying, is in in makeup. They normally wear quite flamboyant clothes. They're normally doing like physical comedy or juggling or some sort of like circus skills. Yep. And it turns out. That, that clowns have been around for quite a little bit of time, haven't they? We can sort of trace back the origins some way of them. Yeah, we've got to get a, a, like a klaxon or something for, for travelling back in time. Uh, <laughs> so clowns, yeah, they, they can trace back a, nearly 5,000 years to about 2,500 BC, like in with the Egyptians. Uh, the Greeks had a similar character... The Romans had similar characters and they weren't clowns as we know them, were they? But they were certainly, they, they, they played a character. They were a fool yeah. in, in, in plays or in like to entertain the Kings and the Queens and the Pharaohs or whatever, but they, yeah. they certainly weren't clowns like we know it as. No. So they, they, they were almost always the, like an, in, an unintelligent character and it was known as a, a rustic fool. Um, but they, they they sometimes would have some some outrageous clothes for the time, but they were I, I suppose like trying to put it into our modern day words, they're more like a village idiot 
type thing rather yeah. than a clown as as we know them. Yeah, and they they wouldn't have been um they wouldn't have been like white face paint, red nose, no crazy hat at this point. They'd have just been a, a character in a play who happened to have similar a, a similar personality as a clown as we know it today. Yeah, yeah. So jumping way forward, the, the word clown was first documented and written in English in around 1560. And yeah. back then, so it was, it was written as clown or cloin. So clown was C-L-O-W-N-E or cloin, C-L-O-Y-N-E. And again, it, it sort of meant like rustic person or peasant. And yeah. it, it roughly translates to an Icelandic word of cluny, which means clumsy. Yep. And so that's that's sort of where like jumping a, a bit of a way forward. But there was there was an important part, wasn't there? Getting us to the modern day clown of a character called the Harlequin and slapstick comedy. Yeah, yeah there was a, a, a comedy troupe from Italy in like sort of the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, sort of around that time. They were called Commedia della Arte, and uh, I, I, nice. I said that wrong. Nice, <laughs> but what, what, but they, they were they were like a, a professional improvised comedy group, and uh, they they would travel around, um, and the, the actors would improvise, but they wouldn't necessarily make it up completely. They'd have loads of memorized combinations of stories that they would just make up as they went along, and within this, they'd have lots of characters who would. It would be similar characters every single week or, or month. Um, and they would wear masks and it would yeah. mean that anybody could play the same character. One of the characters, one of the, the, the characters who sort of took off was called Harlequin, who was who was like a lead character, right? Yes. And that, that's important what you're saying there about this troupe. They, they wore masks and people would then know the character through their masks. So that, that's a big thing just for people listening at the moment, just to hold in your mind that clowns back then, they, they were wearing masks and pe- people would know who that person was playing. And this Harlequin character, what they would do is they would be the one who was more in charge, sort of like running the, 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 the show to some extent, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. And what they would do is they would carry something called a slapstick and it's, two long pieces of wood that were fastened together and it acted like a clapper so that yeah if you were to hit it together it'd make that clapping noise that that you would know it was it was called a slapstick and what this harlequin would do is it would pick on like the clowns and it would hit them on their backside hit them on their on their bum and people back in the day found that absolutely hilarious didn't they yeah, yeah. Uh, this Harlequin character would have lots of, of victims, if you like, and these victims were typically starting to be similar to what we we picture as clowns. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and also just coming off of this, one of the other characters in in this Commedia dell'arte, one of their one of the other characters that spun off into their own thing was what we, you know we know as Punch out of Punch and Judy. Okay. There was one called Polcheni Punch. Pulce, <laughs> wait a minute, Pulcinello. Okay, uh, which, which spun off into the word punch, um, but sort of that's a separate thing. But yeah, so Harlequin would have these victims, um, and you know, every night or, or whenever someone would play these victims, they were put on the mask to be the victim, and they would just 
be the, the butt of the jokes, if you like. Yeah, nice. Um, and then, I, like, and then we, I like that. You're saying they're the butt of the jokes, given that we we're saying yeah. how they would use a slapstick. Yeah, nice one. And then, and then we get to the end of the 1700s. We're talking like, you know, right at the very end of the 1700s. There was a guy who was a bit of a big deal in the world of clowns called Joseph Grimaldi. And he was one of Harlequin's victims, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. And this is where he is then credited as almost being like the the father figure of, of the modern day clown. And the big difference here is, is that Grimaldi, Joseph Grimaldi decided to not wear a mask. So this is where he was then showing his face and he was, he whitened up his face and added bright colors and makeup. And then this is where it then made that separation of, this is where a person is playing the role rather than a character, rather yeah, than a yeah. mask. Is that, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And he, he, so he, he was one of Harlequin's victims, but he was really good at like elaborate tricks and elaborate special effects that he would arrange on stage. I read somewhere that he's a bit like a live action roadrunner. So as Harlequin would yeah. be chasing him, he, he, I don't know, he'd run into a wall or, or, or something. And what happened was, he became more popular and became the main character over this Harlequin character. Yes. So Grimaldi is this white-faced clown, but is now the actual thing people are coming to see, the yes. clown doing the clowny things. Yeah. And that is what, he's a bit of a big deal. And then he, um, actually clowns, even clowns nowadays are known as Joey's, aren't they? So his name is Joseph Grimaldi or Joey. And even nowadays, a clown will quite often be, oh, hey, actually, I was in Butlins last week and I watched their pantomime was Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And yeah. Goldilocks's buddy, number two, was a clown called Joey. Yeah, OK. And at yeah. the time, I was watching it with my wife and my kids and stuff. And I was like, all oh, right, you'll never guess what I've been learning this week. I'll tell you <laughs> why he's called Joey. <laughs> yeah. I like that. But the so, big yeah. difference there is, as you were saying, Grimaldi dressed as you know the clown joey he became the attraction and people knew his face so it was him that they were coming to see even though he was in face paint rather than people coming to see anybody who could play him in a mask if that makes sense so this is where that flip then um then came about so he first appeared on stage as joey in 1802 and yeah just taking that whole slapstick and physical comedy to the to the next level and he had his yeah. he had his big old breakthrough in 1806, didn't he? Yeah, and he was at the Covent Garden Theatre, 1806. He was in a play, a pantomime called Harlequin Mother Goose. But you know that that's um, sort of widely uh, viewed as as his, you know, that's that's it. That's when it's it's kicked right off. Yeah, um, yeah. And and around a similar time, there was somebody else who sort of went in a slightly different direction. I think this was in in France someone called Jean Gaspard de Bro. And he was, nice <laughs> he French. sort of looked at me as I pronounced that. <laughs> I think I got away with that. He was, he was somebody who went down the route that we would now recognize more as the modern mime, wasn't he? So he was somebody who started to have a whole act where it was all silent. Yeah. Very similarly to Grimaldi, he painted his face white, but, I, like I think lost a bit of the slapstick roadrunner-esque approach. Yeah. He, he took on what, what we would now 
deem as a mime artist but at very similar times these two things both both happened almost at the same time is that like um, pulling the imaginary rope along uh, yeah pretend you're stuck in a box and all that yeah 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 doing doing all of that yeah, stuff. So, so that then made me think just coming off the back of that i was all right so we've got clowns and mimes i wondered and um i messaged you uh, like quite last minute i was like well, what about jesters <laughs> they got have, aren't, they, aren't they linked somehow they, they must have something to do with this they're all similar things aren't they like so how's a jester separate from a clown and they are separate so this this is a big difference so when we're talking about sort of the history of these characters and what have you jesters have got a certain place and clowns have got a certain place and the the main difference between the two of them is a clown is somebody who performs slapstick and has a routine that is planned out, whereas a jester is an entertainer who jokes and mocks people, but it's predominantly improvised on the spot. That's the big difference, yeah. isn't it, between the two? Yeah, yeah. A, cl- a clown will make fun of themselves. That's quite important. A clown will not will not make fun of the audience a clown's always the one who ends up getting in trouble or, or whatever the, the funny thing happens to the clown um and it's almost always planned out whereas a jester exactly like you said will make fun of the audience roast the audience will improvise will we'll feed off the audience um the whole time um but that was their job wasn't it they, they'd be in like in with the kings and the queens and yeah. uh yeah they, they yeah. sort of had a role where, where they they were like they could get away with anything without being beheaded <laughs> yeah yeah anyway. that was uh yeah pretty pretty important position to be in they became almost like the mouthpiece of the public where they could then say yeah. these things to to the royalty or, or the people in power at the time so they again this is this is a, another subtle difference is that clowns they would appear for the public in the circus whereas jesters they would be much more for private entertainment and royalty in medieval times so that's where, yeah, some some subtle but important differences. So we're we're talking about clowns today. Okay. So there are off the back of all of this, then there are, which is, you know, now I've read about it, I can see this as a thing. There are some some actual types of clowns, aren't there? There are all clowns, which I thought was quite interesting, fall into essentially three types of clown. Should we just rattle through what they are quickly? I wonder if people can can picture different clowns as they're thinking them in their head. But you, this um, is something that you did actually know, didn't you? When we were, when we said to each yeah, other yeah. a week ago about this will be our, our topic next week, you said, "Ah, oh, I've got a feeling. I'm pretty sure I know that there's like four or six like specific types of clowns." And, yeah, so, well, um, I mean, all, all of these can be subcategorized, but we're going to just stick with the, the main ones, okay? If there's yeah. any actual clowns out there, they'll say, "Well, you can actually break that into further." But so, number one, main one, we've sort of mentioned it here: a white face clown. This is the the oldest of all the clowns. He's like the one in charge. The, uh, the, the It's quite important to point out that when, when you watch clowns, there's always one that's like the straight man. And then there's always one that's the fun, the, the, the silly one who, who's the brunt of all the jokes, isn't there? Yeah, like the fool um, one. And, and this, yeah, and this white face clown is, is typically the straight one. Big white face, um, red, white face paint, colourful outfit. The, the one who's like sort of setting up all the jokes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the one the one in charge of, of the situation, and they can be, yeah, wearing wearing colourful outfits, but the big thing here is they've got a full white face, yeah, of makeup, neck, shoulders, neck, shoulders, yeah, all all of that. 
they're the ones who then have a little little bit of red um, just to highlight some of their features. It's normally like quite delicate makeup and yeah, colourful outfits and, and a wig, as you would expect from a clown. And then yeah. the next one, which in terms of this hierarchy of, of clowning, the next one is called the Auguste clown. Um, when you look at it, I don't know, you probably pronounce it as Auguste or Augusti. Yeah, it looks like August with an E. That's what it yeah. is, August with an E. But, but uh, Auguste. The way you pronounce it is Auguste. And this is interesting that their appearance is actually the opposite of the white face clown. So what they've got is they've got really prominent flesh tones. And then, yeah. so th- their whole face isn't covered in white face paint instead it's much more a lot of big white features so like a a, their mouth is really extenuated and their like eyes and on their forehead it looks like they've got big old like eyebrows or really wide open eyes I suppose Mm -hmm. is a way of saying it and a a big red nose they've got really bright colored costumes they'll be the ones with their oversized shoes and the ones who are being the the butt of the jokes from the white face clown yeah i'm just looking at one now like their neck their neck is is normal is flesh colored so you know so is like loads of their face is still flesh colored and they've just got bits of white if you like and but yeah they are the butt of the joke they they tend to help the white face clown but almost always end up you know something happens to them (laughs) yeah Uh, and they've, they've often this is the one that i actually think of when i think of a clown They've normally got a, a big old wig and they've got like a tiny little hat on them as well. And they've probably got like dungarees and they've got, you know, braces. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I mean. They've got braces on and, you know, big old bow Giant tie. tie. Yeah, everything's all like out of proportion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big shoes, big tie, small hat, that sort of thing. This is what I think of when um, I think of a, an, an August clown. They've actually got an interesting origin about where that name came from, haven't they? Yeah, there's a story... This is a bit of a story that's not been discredited a little bit, I think. And I'll tell you the other one in a minute. There's an acrobat in America called Tom Belling, and he was performing for a circus. And what he would do is he'd put on all these silly clothes and he would just take the mick out of the show's manager. And, uh, you know, backstage, to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, then the show's manager came in, saw him. He then legged it out of the changing rooms onto the stage or into the circus ring or wherever, yes. tripped over. And this was in Germany at the time, tripped over. And then the crowd were like pointing and laughing at him, calling him August, which means fool in Germany. Yep. So, they, you know, they're pointing at him going, fool, fool, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. Manager ended up quite liking it and, and like asked him to carry it on. You know, do that again next time, next week. One of the, the serious historians, though, uh, you know, the word August did not come into the German language till after this story apparently happened in 1869. So they're not sure that's where it came from. Yeah, OK. I, lo- I really like um, that story. I, I read that one. And I thought that sounded pretty cool about how how it came about. But there's there's a probably a, in my in my view, a much more boring one that actually seems much more realistic, isn't there? There was a uh, there was an English clown who who performed under the name September. And he would always call his his number two August, you know, and, he, and August would be the one who always at the brunt of September's jokes. And then yep. apparently August turned into August. So, yeah, it's so a number two clown is always August. But there's a there's a third clown as well, isn't there? After so we've got this big white face clown, the number one, the boss, the August is number two, less white face, 
more flesh tones, but still quite a lot of white on their face. And you end up with a, a third clown. Yeah, this third clown is called the Tramp Clown. And this is predominantly an American thing. So people listening in the UK or in Europe might not be too familiar with this, but this is a, a clown that's it's third then in the hierarchy. If you think of Whiteface, Auguste, and then Tramp. And they're based on homeless people from the late 19th century. And yeah. their, their face paint isn't normally as accurate or as nice as what the other two types of clowns face paint might be. They tend to have... They look like a homeless clown. Yeah. The hobo clown. Just picture a homeless clown with the face paint all sort of rubbing off, only in sort of parts of their face. Uh, that's essentially what they're dressed like. And everything goes wrong for them. They're the ones that get the flower squirted in their face. You know, less of a fun time than um, the Auguste, I guess. Yeah, and even what they're wearing, so they're they're wearing probably a... It's not like a traditional clown outfit. They'll be wearing a jacket, which is ripped, and they'll be you know, like wearing a shirt and tie, but it doesn't really fit very well, and it's probably ripped or it's, you know, all dirty and smudged. And, yeah, they they do have some some face paint on, or they've they've got... It can be sad face as well, so they kind of a rather than a, rather than a happy face like you might see with some of the other clowns. This can actually be a, a sad one, but yeah, very much a um, yeah based on a, a tramp or a homeless person. Very down so, on their luck. Why do they paint their faces? That was the next thing I was I was reading all about this, all the different face paint. I was like, well, wh- why? What what was the purpose of that? It's quite a simple reason, really, isn't it? Yeah, dates way back, which makes sense when you think about it, is when people went to watch clowns. They might be in an amphitheatre or at the circus or wherever it might be. And you wouldn't be able to see their facial expressions very well. So the idea was that if they were to completely um, wipe their face up and then extenuate or highlight their mouth and their, their eyes then people yeah. watching them from far away would then actually be able to have some understanding about the expressions that they're trying to convey, yeah. um, which That's which was the, the main reason it. for it, wasn't it? Yeah. And, you know, we were saying Joseph Grimaldi was the first guy to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, if you're sitting a long way away and someone's got a really bright white face with some big, massive, smiley red mouth on it, you know, you, you can see that from a long way away uh, instead of them needing to do it. Otherwise. And we'll we'll come on to this a little bit later as well, but there's a second reason behind painting their face. And this comes back to the masks. So people used to wear masks and everyone would just be the same behind this mask. But when people started painting their face, it gave them another way to express themselves or to stand out or to be known as that clown. And so yeah. clowns can have unique or distinguishing features as a clown so that people know ah, I'm going to yeah, go and Liam. see Liam the Clown. And yeah. because I can tell it's him yeah. because of the way that his, his face painted. Yeah, like Grimaldi would have had a, 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 a like a, a particular makeup and everybody would know that's him, that's yeah. Joey the Clown. And then someone else would do. Um, and I was reading like, well, can't they just copy each other? But it's a bit like, it's a community clowns and it's a bit like you get black marked, don't you? If you, you know, if you were to do something like that, if you were to paint your face similar to somebody else, they'd be like, oh, he's stitching him up there we're not going to hire this clown again um and you you end up you know it doesn't help you in the long run also people want to stand out they want to be different yes you know, if you're going to be a clown you want people to remember you for you 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that exactly. Brings us ni- actually, that, that brings us nicely on to something called Clowns International. Yeah, it does. Just super, super quickly, if there are some clown aficionados out there, there is potentially a fourth type of clown called a character clown. And we'll maybe come on to this a little bit more in, in a little bit, but it's, this is where they, they can be any type of character. So they, they could be a, a policeman, a farmer, or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, so you can get character clowns, but the three clowns that we mentioned in terms of Whiteface, Auguste and Tramp, you can then pretty much trace every other type of clown back to those three. Yeah, okay. So, but, but there is something called Clowns International, which I thought was really interesting. It's essentially, as far as I can tell, the magic circle for clowns, isn't it? Yes. We did about magic. This is essentially <laughs> yeah. like the same thing. If you can become part of Clowns International, it's essentially like a, a group of clowns where they will support each other. They will put on seminars. They will share ideas and tricks and you can learn things. Um, but you can, you can join Clowns International as a clown. And um, they're like the body that represent clowns in the UK. There's an American version um, called Clowns of America International. Yeah. But yeah. It's essentially like you can join this this troop of, of clowns. Um, did you read about how it came about? Yeah, it's been going for, what's that, nearly 80 years now? So it, yeah. it originally started and going back to this Joseph Grimaldi. Um, so what would happen is clowns, it turns out in February was the time where they would all renew their contracts for the circuses where they were working. Um, and then yeah. what they then started to do is that to add some extra publicity about clowns and how important they were or to try and get some more money, there was someone called Billy Smart in 1947 who arranged for all clowns to go and visit Joseph Grimaldi's grave and yeah. in, in Pentagon Road in London. And what they would do is they would, they would lay a wreath on the gravestone and then, like, best of luck, see you all again next year and, you know, best of luck with being, being a clown. And then there was another chap who then came along and sort of built on this idea, didn't he? A chap called Stan Bolt. Yeah, he, he wasn't a clown. He was just a circus enthusiast. And he basically saw these clowns gathering and basically had the idea, let, let's create some sort of, of official group instead of being unofficial. Um, he st- it, called, it was called the International Circus Clown Club. Then it became the International Circus... Uh, no, sorry. Then it became Clowns International eventually um, in 1978. And yeah, it's, it's been going ever since. One of the things that, is, that I liked off the back of this was then the clown commandments. There are these eight clown commandments that all professional clowns are supposed to live by. Should we just flick through a few of these quickly and just say? What yeah, some okay. Of them let's are? try. Let's try not to say them all um, as they are because they're quite long. Some of them. One of them. Number one. Then I will keep my acts, performance, and behaviour in good taste while I am in costume and makeup, and I will remember that I will be accepted as a member of the clown club only to provide others, principally children, with clean entertainment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, don't be weird. Just be like a nice, normal clown. (laughs) Number two is, I will learn to apply my makeup in a professional manner and I'll provide my own costume. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Three is pretty straightforward too. I will neither drink alcoholic beverages nor smoke while in makeup or clown costume. Um, It's it's to uphold... It's to uphold like the image of the clown, isn't it? It's yes. So that you don't see a clown with a beer. 
Yeah, yeah well, and it, it sort of leads on to number four that I, I found this one really interesting. So I will remove my makeup and change into my street clothes as soon as possible following my appearance so that I cannot be associated with any incident that might be detrimental to the good name of clowning. So basically, once I've finished my act, I then quickly get back to being a, a normal person um, yeah. just so I can't be associated with anything bad that's going on. Yeah. While in makeup or costume, I will carry out the directives of the producer. So, you know, whoever's in charge of the show, whatever they want me to do, I will do that. Um, I will abide by any rules and I will not create any complaints. Yeah. Number six is I'll, I'll do my best to uphold all of these clown standards. Yeah. Seven. Seven strange. I will appear in as many clown shows as I possibly can. Yeah. What does that mean? Like you just got, if you're going to be a clown, be a clown, basically. Don't yeah. half-ass it. I think you're not supposed to yeah, turn down or be selective. Like if you're there to entertain, you're just there, there to entertain yeah. people, yeah. which leads on to, to number eight, that I'll be committed to providing an atmosphere free of discrimination and harassment. Um, so, yeah, they, I just quite liked it that there are these eight rules that they, they then need to abide by by being a professional clown. So I found that really interesting, but not as interesting as this next thing. This is the thing. Every week, right, when we're doing this, I'll find something that really interests me and I will then go and tell my wife. And quite often she will say something like, oh, what are you learning about this week? What's the random thing you're going to tell me this week? This is the thing. I've had, this was the thing I went straight up and I <laughs> mentioned. Right. Like we were talking earlier about, you know, you, you want to have your own face paint and you want to you make a name for yourself as a clown, right? How do you ensure that nobody copies your face paint or that your your what you decide to have on your face is copyrighted. This is really cool. And some people might even be aware of this just from watching the Joker in the Batman films where he actually does what Liam's about to tell everybody. So what you do, you would think, you'd think, right, oh, there's obviously a database somewhere of all the clowns. You take a picture of your face and you send it in and then there's a database of like an Excel spreadsheet of 300 clowns in England or whatever it would be. But no, you don't take a picture of your face. You draw a picture of your face on an egg. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly so it. good. Yeah. On an egg. Like, who decided that that was what they do? So you take an egg, you draw your face on it, and then Clowns International, they've, they've got a museum, London Clowns, the London Clowns Gallery. They've got them there, the, the egg register, the clown egg registry, it's called. And they've got up 240 eggs at the minute, all out. That is it. <laughs> you can't be one of them. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're all they're all unique. They're all different. And it's it's that clown's identity and weirdly they're not actually copy written and so like legally it's not legally binding yeah, yeah, yeah. your yeah, face yeah, yeah. on an egg and that nobody else can do it but as we said earlier if your face paint were to look very similar to another clown you'd be sort of black marked within the yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's a, like a, within the community isn't it it's an understanding that i am not going to this guy's got a green cheek and a blue cheek and two red eyes i'm not going to copy yeah. that yeah um they they're actually on nowadays they're on ceramic eggs, so they don't break. Um, but the the process is exactly the same. Um, I thought it was funny. You know, we were talking about hobo clowns earlier. If you look at some hobo clowns, they've got next to no makeup on. Yes. Which means essentially, you're just making you're just drawing like a self portrait, or someone <laughs> is just drawing your face <laughs> as it is on an egg. <laughs> but they, they, this is the way that they've gone about this for seventy years. 
So it's been been happening for for a pretty long time. Who decided that? Who 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 decided that? Why didn't they just take a picture? The cameras have been around that long. <laughs> they decided that like was a, easier. What we yeah, do is we want like a wall of fame of just a picture of every clown, or even just a like a painting on a <laughs> on a piece of paper would, would make more sense than doing it on an egg, surely. But yeah, what we'll do, so everybody has some sort of idea what we're talking about, is we'll, we'll post the picture on our socials just so you can see this as well. And they do look, they do look good. They do look good on um, these eggs. You can go off piece, Donnie, because we've got a list of the way we're doing it, but I feel like I should ask you this first. So how do I become a clown, though? <laughs> like, what if I, so I'm listening to this. I'm like, right, okay, I like all of this. Uh, I've got an idea for a clown face. I'm quite, I don't mind going on stage and being a bit silly and stuff. Um what if you actually want to become a clown? Because you can just join Clowns International. You can just you just sign up. You can join them. Um, it's not quite as hard as the Magic Circle, but no is there a way to like become a clown. Yeah, absolutely. And you can actually go to clown school. And there was the, the original one was this one called the Ringling Brothers Clown College, and this was the considered the premier training environment for anyone wanting to enter the clown profession. And they. They would help you like with some basic clowning skills, like how to apply makeup, your costume, circus skills, juggling, stilt walking, and just some of the, the basics of physical comedy. Um, that that's since moved on, and there are now more. <laughs> I found that there's, there's a top seven clowning schools that, that you can then go <laughs> to. So um, so so one of them, which is based in San Francisco now, is the Circus Center's Clown Conservatory. And just to let you know, if you wanted to to go and be taught how to be a clown, you're looking at about a 13 week course and about seven thousand dollars. So, if that takes your fancy, yeah, but what's that? That's like five hundred dollars a week. It's about hundred dollars a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's doable. You got to invest in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe in yourself, go and invest in yourself. So, um, yeah. Okay, all right, so we can become a clown and then we paint our egg face on an egg and we're all good. Exactly. But One of the commandments, paint our face on an egg, no problems. Definitely. And then getting on to when we do post up that picture of all of those eggs, I imagine there might well be some people who will be a little bit creeped out by all, this, all these rows of eggs with these clown faces mm-hmm. on them. And it's because coming back to... What I was saying at the top that I was quite interested to look into is like why people are scared of clowns. And some people get really freaked out by them, don't they? Yeah, it's a real thing. It's called coolophobia. It's a fear of clowns. Um, the word is a persist the word means a persistent and irrational fear of clowns. So it's coolophobia. Um, so it is a real thing. People are actually scared of clowns. So that that word, chlorophobia. It's a relatively new word as well. You know where we bang on about where where stuff has been around a long time? This word didn't actually appear online until about the 1990s. So it's it's not like steeped in like loads of history in terms of it. And it's it's coming back to, so that the reason why, why people are getting more scared of clowns is because of pop culture. Just yeah, like... There are things out there that then are starting to make people become more, more scared of clowns and then passing it on to other people being more scared of clowns. So the, the scariest clown I'm sure a lot of people would have would think about is Pennywise. 
from the, the yeah, 1990 film It. Yeah. And that yeah. is a pretty freaky looking clown, isn't it? And then you got, you got obviously, we mentioned earlier, you got the Joker from Batman. Um, I don't know, Krusty the Clown. I don't know if you're growing up with yeah. The Simpsons. He's not like the, the, the yeah. nicest, friendliest clown, is he? He's definitely not living by the commandments. He's smoking and drinking all the time. But there was there was something else that happened in America in particular that I was reading about, about a guy called John Wayne Gracie. Did you see about this? Yeah, he was a, uh, well, I mean, it's not night. Nice. He was a serial killer, wasn't he? But he was also a clown by day. Like clown by day, serial killer by night. Killed, killed and raped 30-something people. Yeah, horrendous. So he was, yeah, raped, tortured, and murdered at least 33 men and young boys. But he would perform perform as a clown in children's hospitals and at charitable events as Pogo the Clown. Or also another character of his was Patches the Clown. And it was one of the things that once he got caught, one of his quotes that sort of freaked out the American public even more is he was famous for saying that a clown can get away with anything. Just like sounds so sinister, doesn't it? Oh, my word. And then that that then perpetuated and made people start to become even more scared of clowns. Yeah, exactly. Pretty, uh, I mean, it doesn't really help, does it, uh, when that's true? But there's a couple of psychological reasons as well. Like you said, pop culture is one of them, um, but certainly there are some psychological reasons. One of which... Um, I sort of said it at the start is is our inability to read what they're thinking. And that's a psychological like as humans, we we read faces, don't we? That's that's how you can tell what people are thinking and feeling and not being able to read their faces one. Another one is something we we read about when we were learning about humanoid robots. It's something called the uncanny valley effect. Yes. And do you want to just remind everybody that that's where something our brain can tell that something isn't quite what it should be so like ai robots is what we learn you know that they, they, they look really human but they're not quite fully human and your brain can recognize that fact and it trips you out a little bit yes similarly with clowns you, you'll see a clown and you know it's a person but it doesn't quite quite look like a person and then your brain kicks in like this isn't quite right here and uh it's not it's not right is it in your head it's those yeah ever so slightly off facial expressions that, that you're seeing. And it was, as we spoke about in the Humanoid Robots episode, it was Sigmund Freud who came up with this in 1919, saying about it. But it's, yeah, it's that whole thing where we rely as, as humans on reading people's facial expressions. And if we can't read them, it then makes us nervous thinking, well, what's going on under there? What's What's really happening? And we just then feel really uncomfortable by it. Another reason is that, we also inherently have a distrust of people who always laugh or are always happy. And it okay. just, there's like a psychological effect where we just don't like that that is the case. It just doesn't feel right. You know, if people are laughing and, um, you know, especially, you know, a bit of a forced laugh all the time, it just really unsettles people and it makes them, yeah, makes them really uncomfortable. Mate, I'm happy all the time. Like, does that mean? People are creeped out by me. Quite possibly. <laughs> there was also possibly. the clown panic. Did, did you remember reading about the clown panic in 2016? They had a bunch of, it became a bit of a prank thing where, you know, somebody, so I think somebody reported to the police that there, there were clowns in the woods and then social media picked it up a bit. And then, you know, everybody, 
jumped on it and, and there were more and more sort of um, prank calls and stuff. Oh, there's clowns in these woods and clowns in these woods and stuff. Well, and, uh, you know, that, I don't think that, stuff like that helped. Yeah, that, that, that builds onto another part of it. If we start seeing clowns outside of the circus setting, it then makes us uneasy. Yeah, if you're seeing a clown in the woods or, or like walking down the street, I think there was one of those in 2016, one of those early ones, is that there was just a clown who was holding a machete outside a Walmart in America. And obviously that's going to freak you out, isn't it? Thinking, what is this person? You know, it's a human underneath yeah. there. What are they doing? Not in a not in a circus. And then they're just holding a machete. That is going to send you absolutely uh, yeah, petrified. Yeah, well, we're finished on a right downer there, Ollie. Good one. <laughs> well, no, I've got well. some tips. I've got some tips. So if you if you want to overcome the fear, because apparently nobody is born with chlorophobia. Nobody is born with it. They they can't prove that in any sense of the, the way that anybody is actually born with chlorophobia. So it means that you've either been taught it by somebody else, and this is coming back to the whole, because there's more scary clowns, people are telling people and passing it down. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can get over it. And one of the things that they suggest is to watch a clown put their makeup on so that you can then realize or start to associate in your mind that there's a human underneath there before people have started putting on on, on their makeup I, i've seen some weird videos though like on instagram and stuff of you know like makeup artists where they they for halloween in particular you know they make their faces like their faces unzipping yeah and it's like all those weird ones. i don't care that i've seen the person do it it looks flipping creepy <laughs> I, I, they could walk right up to me and i'd be well scared <laughs> Apparently it should help. Who knows? Well, Apparently it should help. Well. <clears throat> okay, I'll um I'll try and show my boy that before we next go to a party, shall I? And uh, see if that helps. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure definitely. I think that probably sort of like wraps up everything that we we're going to talk about. Shall we move on to our takeaway? What's your two guys' one topic takeaway? Very quickly this week, most famous clown in the world, mascots in the world, Ronald McDonald. Yes, he's a clown. And there's a there was a survey done about brand recognition. He was ranked second only to Father Christmas of, of who people can recognise. Okay. <laughs> nuts, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's good. clown in the world. Second most famous, most recognisable um, mascot logo, whatever. Nice. I like that. Go on. Give me. So my, my two guys, one topic takeaway is just coming back to the painted eggs that we were talking about earlier. Um, and it's done in Folkestone, which is a seaside town uh, near Dover in England. And there's a lady that does it called Debbie Smith. And she's the person responsible that paints all the clown eggs that are up in the collection. And she actually won that position. So she won a competition to be Clowns International Egg Painter in 2010. Uh, it's, it's quite time consuming. It's not just the painting. Like there's, there's more that goes into it, like the hair and everything. It's a bit of a painstaking ordeal for her to do each of these. And you might think, ah, she might make, you know, a little bit of money out of doing this. Turns out, even though it takes several days to do each egg, she only gets paid £15 per egg. Ah, boo. Boring now, yeah. Well, there can't be that many clowns either, so I can't imagine she's going to make much money doing it, even if there was a million eggs. Because <laughs> there ain't going to be that many, is there? <laughs> Very right. skillful, though. Very skillful. Well done, Debbie. Good week, this. Clowns, turns out, as with everything we do, 
stuff's more interesting when you start to learn about it. Like, I thought, oh, clowns, that was a stupid episode. Turns out it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I really like, I really like the, the fact that they've got these commandments that they've got to follow. So, you know, that, I thought that was really interesting. But absolutely, without doubt, learning that clowns copyright their clowns faces by putting it on an egg. <laughs> I, I will never forget that. That, uh, that is never going to, that's going to live rent free in my brain for the rest of my life. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I also then like that you can trace every type of clown back to those three that we mentioned. So the white yeah, face, yeah, yeah. the goose and the tramp, they all fall in, into those categories. And as we were saying, there's a hierarchy. So when I next go to the circus or, or what have you, and there's a couple of clowns, I'll be paying a bit more attention understand a bit more about their makeup and yeah who's the one who's in charge setting up the jokes yeah good week right well hopefully everybody liked this uh like this this week let us know any thoughts or comments on our socials at two guys one topic we're on twitter instagram facebook wherever else you might want to find us but we'll be back next week with a new episode so until then get out there and share some clown knowledge (laughs) 